Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday, November 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we had talked uh, yesterday about how pretty much all the games in the World Series to that uh, up till, uh, you know, through game four had had not really been close or, or very exciting. And then uh, we get game five, uh, a three to two win by the Astros, who are now on the brink of eliminating the Phillies and, and winning uh, their second World Series title. Uh, a, an exciting game, an, an edge of your seat, uh, tense uh, thriller there uh, in Philadelphia as the the Astros come through and get Justin Verlander his first ever World Series victory. Yeah, Verlander goes what gives up one run, gives up uh, four hits, uh, five innings, goes five innings, and he he pitched into trouble and and out of trouble. Joe, I mean, he gives up the leadoff home run to to Schwarber in the first inning. Pitches out of a bases loaded jam in the second. Uh, in the third, there's a two, he's got two on and gets out of a, out of another jam. And in the fifth, you know he's got Bryce Harper on second with uh, two outs and gets out of that jam. So you know he he earned his first World Series win for sure. Yeah, he he looked at times like he couldn't. Uh, he he was re- he was struggling commanding his his fastball as his high fastball. I wasn't using that as effectively as he as he had been earlier. Uh, started throwing a lot more sliders and just said, "Hey, you know, here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna go at you with sliders and and was really effective with that." Uh, go, we got to go back to Schwarber though. Uh, I, I I see Schwarber hit that leadoff home run. You know, you know he had uh, he's how many he's had you know five six home runs in the in the postseason already, and he hit 46 during the year. How different would the Guardians have looked with Kyle Schwarber somewhere in their lineup had uh, had they come through and been able to sign him during the offseason? Oh, my goodness. God, I mean, that would have made a world of difference. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, playoff tested. You know, he's been through all these these postseason runs. You know, he's he's a, you know, natural power hitter, left-handed hitter. And I don't, but you know, I remember uh, talking to the front office in Cleveland. And I don't think they were even interested in Schwarber. I know they, you know, that was not one of the guys they targeted. You know, they they looked at they had a very narrow field of free agents that they were interested in, and uh, Schwarber uh, was not in that list as far as I know. 
And uh, boy, well, what a difference that guy would have made. Yeah, he, he really uh, it, every year there's there's one or two free agent signings who are just, you know, not only just turn things around for themselves, but also for the uh, the franchise that they go to. And, and clearly Schwarber's the guy uh, uh, Philly needed uh, this year. He's made all the difference down the stretch. So uh, but he wasn't enough. His bat wasn't enough. Uh, ultimately, uh, at the end of the game, it was, you know, before we get to the end where, you know, there was there. There was a, a big, exciting play at the end of the game, but uh, Jeremy Pena, the rookie for Houston, uh, has come through. And, uh, you know, I say the rookie, but he certainly, uh, along the lines of of what Stephen Kwan showed us this year, uh, you know, doesn't present himself as a rookie, doesn't play like a rookie, and, and doesn't, uh, you know, wilt in the big moment uh, like you would expect a rookie to. Uh, he has stepped up. He's the ALCS MVP. Uh, last night he hits a home run, and uh, the the Astros have relied on this guy. His defense, he's a Gold Glover. Uh, he comes through with uh, you know the the RBI single up the middle uh, in the first inning, and and really uh, he's he's everything that you you want out of a, a you know a replacement for Carlos Correa there at shortstop. Yeah, you couldn't ask for much more. And, you know, he's the son of Geronimo Pena, who played for uh, Cleveland and and briefly in 1996. And uh, so he's got some good bloodlines there. But, Joe, this guy, just listen to, to, to what he's done in the postseason. He had 250 in the, in the ALDS, four for 16, one home run. In the ALCS, he had 353, six for 17, two homers, four RBIs. And so far in the World Series, he's hitting 381, eight for 21, one home run, three RBIs. Uh, the guy, you know, you're supposed to, rookies are supposed to be nervous in the in their first postseason. This guy has ice water in his veins. He is, he's just having a great, a great run when uh, the Astros need it. Yeah, it, it, you know, he he might not have been as consistent or as 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 flashy during the regular season. Uh, wasn't necessarily in the top of the conversation for for rookie of the year. Uh, but but right now, uh, there's no more valuable rookie in baseball uh, than than Jeremy Pena uh, out there. Uh, what he's been able to do, and and really right now the. Uh, the Astros are on the brink of winning uh, another World Series title because of him. Uh, and him and, and Chaz McCormick, who, who made one of, if not the uh, defensive play of the um, the postseason, uh, it's right up there. Uh, going up against the wall uh, in the ninth inning uh, with his uh, with uh, Ryan Presley protecting a one-run lead for Houston and, uh, and you know, making a, a, a not a, not necessarily a game-saving catch, but an important catch uh, at the wall, leaping up uh, at the height of his jump. This is a guy who scored a thousand points as a high school basketball player uh, in the uh, the Philadelphia area when he was growing up, and he comes back and uh, turns the tables on the Phillies there in the ninth inning for the Astros. Yeah, just a great catch against the JT uh, Realmuto. Uh, you know, and Harper, I think, was coming up after, you know, after uh, in, it was the next guy to hit. So if Real Muto gets on, you know, who knows what happens? So just, uh, you know, really a clutch, a clutch catch. 
and uh, you know the kind of play that that you need to win a three-two World Series game. You know, uh, and it just uh, you know ca- kind of capped off a you know really a a, a really a, a, a like you were saying earlier tense you know well played World Series game. Uh, five out save for uh, Presley for Ryan Presley there. Uh, Dusty Baker, uh, you know, trusting his guys, re- uh, realizing what he needs out of who he needs uh, in a certain situation. And uh, Presley was the guy. I think that was his his first, uh, you know, not necessarily his first multi-inning save, but but the, definitely the first time he went to uh, five outs to get a save uh, this season. And, uh, you know, Baker trusted his guys. He put him out there and, and got what he needed out of him. Yeah, Joe, and that rain out, you know, really, you know, we thought, you know, originally that it would help um, would help the Phillies pitching, and and it did to a certain degree. You know, Syndergaard didn't hit, didn't pitch that bad last night. He was only supposed to go through the lineup once. He gives up one run, but the guys that uh, you know through the you know combined for the no hitter in in Game Four, three of those relievers came back and pitched last night. Uh, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, and and of course Presley. You know, they they had helped. Uh, Javier, uh, you know, complete the what the third no hitter in in postseason history in Game Four, and they were still available the next, you know, last night. So you know th- that rain out kind of you know help w- was a, a two edged sword uh, for both teams. Yeah, and you know, it it allows them with the the off day, the travel day now to to be able to come back again uh, in in games five six as needed too because they they get a night worth of of rest as well. Uh, Bryce Harper, we mentioned him. Uh, he's, you know, he's the reason that the Phillies are where they are. And, and he's had, you know, moments in this world series, uh, already where, where he's come through. But, uh, last night, you know, not re- essentially the, the last couple of games when they've needed him, uh, in, in big situations, Bryce Harper hasn't been there. Uh, is that more Harper, of, of, of a letdown or, that the Astros are maybe paying more attention and pitching him a little more carefully. Yeah, I think uh, I think Verlander really pitched him carefully. Uh, you know, he did not give him much of what I think Harper's walked walked twice against him. I know mean, Verlander walked four guys. I think to, you know Harper went was walked twice, and you could tell. <clears throat> just I don't know if it was you know Verlander was obviously struggling with his control, but he did he looked like he did not want to. Uh, you know, give up a big hit right there with with uh, Harper at the plate. Yeah, they can. Uh, you can tell that they just kind of said we're we're not going to let Bryce Harper be the guy who beats us uh, at this point in this series. Uh, so far, he's he's done so much already. Uh, so that leaves what uh, you get uh, Wheeler and uh, Framber Valdez as the matchup in Game Five uh, on Saturday night, and, and the the Astros with the chance to to take care of business at home. Yeah, definitely. It's a rematch of the uh, game two, you know, uh, game two uh, meeting, uh, which went to Valdez. Valdez was dominant in that game. Nine strikeouts over six and a third innings, one earned run, uh, four hits, three walks. Wheeler struggled five innings, six hits, five runs. And, uh, you know, they gave him the extra day, Wheeler, with the rain out. And uh, now he's... You know he's pitching the game of his life right here. So you know you're you're trying to fend off elimination. You know and uh, Valdez has a chance for uh, you know to pitch the the Astros into their second World Series 
since World Series championship, I should say, since 2017. Uh, we can only hope that uh, that the Phillies come through and and pick up the win and force uh, them to play on Sunday because the uh, the two greatest words in uh, in baseball postseason play are are game seven. Uh, and and seeing a game seven, I, I think it would only be appropriate for uh, this World Series and this season and this postseason, uh, the way things have gone. Uh, I think they owe it to baseball to have a game seven in a World Series, a winner take all situation. And, uh, you know, just we, we've experienced it. We've experienced covering a game seven of the World Series. And it is just uh, an electric feeling as soon as you set foot in the ballpark for that day. Uh, certainly baseball deserves something like that. Yeah, this has been a great series. And yeah, game seven would top it off. I think right now, Joe, unless, uh, you know, things change, it would be McCullers, you know, going for uh, Houston and then Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies. And, you know, you'd have to say uh, Suarez would have the uh, would have the upper hand there because McCullers certainly wasn't really good, you know, in, in his last start. Uh, when those two met, I think what in game three. Yeah, it was the the situation where McCullers may or may not have been tipping pitches. Yeah, uh, accidentally or or whatever. And uh, I, certainly, if he would come out and give up another five home runs, that would that would be a huge storyline. But uh, you got to get there first. You got to get through game six and get Philly uh, on the board, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, hey Joe, this is how close this series has been. You know what? The Astros got a 3-2 lead. Houston has scored 18 runs. The Phillies have scored 17. Wow. That's that's uh that's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh yeah, and 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 like we said, there were the, the earlier games in this series, uh they were being won five nothing, four nothing. You know, it was they were all uh not necessarily close tight games, but the uh the run differentials were about the same. So it's it, it, it's very, very interesting to see how uh, how things have shaken out, and we'll uh, we'll certainly keep an eye over the weekend on how things go, and and have something to talk about on Monday. We'll uh, we'll have a new World Series champion uh, come Monday morning, and and that's uh, sort of leads us into the next uh, you know sort of point or topic that we uh, we are here to discuss uh, today. The off season, uh, really, uh, after this weekend, baseball's off season kicks into into sort of the high gear, the, uh, the, the hot stove, uh, situation and, uh, you know, free agency, uh, player movement, you've got contracts and, and 40 man rosters to deal with, uh, all the big dates sort of get locked in once the, the end of the world series, uh, clicks in and, uh, some of the big ones for the guardians. I know last year, uh, there was the uh, the date where uh, you had to set your 40-man roster. You have to make your additions to the 40-man roster, and that was a, a big day for for Cleveland. Uh, we didn't, I mean, we realized it at the time. We didn't sort of necessarily realize it, uh, realize just how much at the time. But uh, the the Guardians made what uh, they added 11 players to the 40-man roster uh, around this time last year. And uh, that turned out to be significant because uh, 17 made uh, made their major league debut for or was it 16 or 17 made their major league debut uh, during the season, uh, and some of those guys were among the the additions at that deadline. Yeah, I mean that was like an unprecedented move. I remember 
you know, Chris Antonetti saying he couldn't remember, you know, ever adding, you know, 11 players to the 40 man. And they basically emptied the farm system of, uh, you know, all their top prospects, all the players that were eligible for the Rule 5 draft. And then it turned out that there was no Rule 5 draft because of the lockout. And, uh, but I, I think they wanted to protect, they were going to protect those guys anyways. And um, now there will be a Rule 5 draft uh, at, uh, at the end of the winter meetings next month. So they're going to have to, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what this front office does, who they protect, who's left over, who was not protected, and who is now eligible, you know, to, uh, to be added to the 40-man or to be claimed in the uh, Rule 5 draft. Yeah, I think the uh, the biggest example, the biggest uh, sort of glaring uh, example is Oscar Gonzalez, who uh, who was left off the 40 man roster uh, at, at that time last year, uh, but re-signed as a minor league free agent. It was he was immediately re-signed. It would, there was no uh, the way that the front office explains it, there was uh, you know no chance that he was going to uh, go elsewhere in uh, as a minor league free agent. Uh, but had that Rule 5 draft taken place, uh, they more than likely would have lost him. Somebody would have taken him. Uh, there's uh, th- there's always a chance that, I, I guess, when when Antonetti and Chernoff were asked about uh, the, you know, the, the roster additions and the, the deadlines uh, this year, they were sort of resigned. They almost sound resigned. They almost sounded resigned to the fact that, you know, we know that, we have a a loaded minor league system and that there's somebody out there, there's a talented player out there who's going to have to be exposed and, and might get picked up and, you know, you're never happy about it, but uh, it, it's sort of the, the cost of doing business when you've got so many good prospects in, in your minor league system. Yeah. You know, and every year it happens, it seems to happen, especially to teams like Cleveland who, you know, do not, uh, you know, are are not big players in the free agent market, do not make, you know, blockbuster trades, that they develop their own pitching, they develop their own uh, position players. Um, and there's only 40 spots to protect, Joe. And and obviously some guys are left out in the cold. You know, we've seen it. Anthony Santander is the guy that sticks in my mind. You know, this was a guy that was coming off a big year in A-ball, um, and, but, you know, I think he'd hit 20 home runs, something like that, but it had, had had shoulder surgery that, but that did not stop the Orioles uh, from drafting him in the rule five uh, pick in a rule as a rule five pick. And he's turned into, you know, a, a legitimate everyday outfielder for them. So, um, you know, it, it happens it, and it's going to happen again this winter, I would imagine. Yeah, there and and it's it's interesting to to see some of the names of of guys who are are eligible and who are out there. I know uh, Angel Martinez is a guy who is uh, on the um is out in uh, the Arizona Fall League right now, competing out there, uh, sort of uh, the sort of the finishing league out there uh, uh, for the fall. Um, and he's a guy who who I believe is is up against that deadline, needs to be added to the roster. Um, you know, there, there are names out there, uh, and talented players who, uh, if, you know, if we know about them, then certainly the other, uh, 29 teams in the league, uh, have them on their radar. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, it's kind of an interesting, uh, ca- game of cat and mouse, you know, Cleveland usually does a really good job of protecting the guys that they really want to protect. 
and uh, but you know, it you know somebody always gets left off, and uh, you know it 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 um, you know sometimes you know it comes back to haunt you, and you know it's uh, you always get a chance, you know when when a team does draft somebody you know an unprotected player off of a team's roster, they have to keep them in the big leagues for at least ninety days that year. You know the following year, and if they don't, they have to they have the, they have to offer him back to their to their club for half the price. I think what is it? I think it might be a what a million dollars or I I can't remember what it's, the uh, it, it's a hundred thousand uh, dollar yeah buyback. So hundred thousand, yeah. you have to offer him back for fifty. Yeah. So um, you know that you know and uh, you know I a long time ago, Joe. This is I remember. Uh, um, Toronto drafted Kelly Gruber off the uh, off the Indians roster unprotected. I'm still not sure why they ever left Gruber off the unprotected, but uh, they the, the, that front office was really happy. They were like puffing their chest out, saying, "See, we do have good minor league players." And Gruber turns into an all star third baseman <laughs> for the Blue Jays, and it didn't, you know, it didn't correspond. You know, you were supposed to protect that guy; that was your future. But you know, they were kind of happy that somebody had bothered to look at their farm system and and take a guy like Gruber. So you know, but I don't think that I don't think uh, Antonetti and Chernoff are in that mode right now. They, I think, every time they lose a player it kind of hurts them a little bit yeah and you know they they've made pretty good decisions when it comes to the rule five draft uh thus far you know taking trevor stefan uh and and adding him to the roster uh you know two years ago that was a pretty big deal pretty big move they 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 kept him on the roster all year last year through ups and downs and then this past season uh you know he he blossomed into a dominant reliever and i think uh exactly what they had hoped he would become uh when they took him in the rule five draft yeah just a huge move on that on that front <clears throat> i'm sure the yankees are kicking themselves over that over well, after you, leaving him unprotected the number one way you could tell is because every uh reporter during that uh, division league series wanted to talk to trevor stefan and, and ask the uh the the guardians uh you know managers and coaches and, and everybody about trevor stefan uh, they know what they what they lost. Uh, the, the writers certainly know what they lost uh, when when they were dealing with uh, uh, a scarcity of of arms in the uh, in the bullpen at the end of the season. Uh, they realized how badly they would have needed a guy like a Trevor Steffen. Yeah, and and you're right, Joe. The the uh, the Guardians handled him. You know, really, they handled him just the right way. They kept him on the roster in 2021. They didn't pitch him in, you know, kind of high leverage situations. And uh, this year they eased him into the back end of the bullpen. And, you know, he did a great job. Just, a, you know, really a big, big season for them and an important season for them. Yeah, it, it speaks to not only uh, the the good decision making of the, the front office, but then trusting uh, Terry Francona and Carl Willis uh, and Brian Sweeney uh, to to sort of nurture Stefan along and and realize yeah this is a young guy and and you know he didn't have any experience pitching above double a uh when he made his debut with the when he made the the opening day roster and made his debut with the club last year uh in 2021 but you know they 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 sort of had to realize they had to to weather some some ups and downs with him 
and and then when they got him to his sort of second spring training with the club, they knew they had something special uh, coming into the year, and and they they used him appropriately, and then he really took off once they they settled into his role, and now. Uh, your Trevor Steffen coming into year three with this club, your confidence has to be sky high. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just, you know, big, strong right-hander, you know, what struck out, what, just a ton of people, like 89 people, I think, had 80, uh, he had 82 strikeouts in 63 and two-third innings, Joe. I mean, uh, he was dominant. I mean, he gave up some hits, the opposition hit 238 against them, but, you know, when they needed him, he, you know, he kind of slammed the door. He was definitely a big piece of that bullpen. Uh, some of the other uh, machinations that get kicked into gear uh, in this upcoming week, uh, once the World Series ends, uh, you know, free agents, uh, all the, the players who are eligible for free agency all become free agents uh, within, um, you know, those first five days there. Austin Hedge is really the only free agent uh, among the, the Guardians regulars. Uh, he'll need to be. Uh, they'll they'll need to make a decision on uh, whether they offer him the qualifying offer, which is like something like nineteen and a half million dollars. I am pretty certain that Austin Hedges <laughs> won't be receiving a qualifying offer. Uh, so uh, they'll have to make a decision on whether they can, you know, uh, work with with him and and get him back in the fold, or if they want to move on in a, in a different direction there. Uh, and and that leaves open some. Some possibilities, you know, do you bring back a Luke Maley on a discount? Uh, do you do you ride with uh, Bo Naylor behind the plate, or do you go out and get another sort of stopgap uh, veteran until uh, Naylor is is ready to to take over full time? Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a really an interesting question that they've they've got to uh, they have to find an answer to. Uh, you know, we really didn't see much of Naylor at the big league level. He certainly had a you know kind of a a, a strong season at Double A AA and Triple A. You know, twenty one home runs, twenty stolen bases. Uh, ran the pitching staffs at both levels really well. Um, the question is, is he ready to be a number one guy, or do you have to bring back uh, you know? Uh, uh, hedges and and uh, and you know does he is he the starter and and is 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 a Bo Naylor that you know sit behind him and learn or do you have Bo Naylor go back to AAA and play every day and then uh, kind of when he gets hot and when he you know kind of you know when they need him they bring him up and and give him the job so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, those will be uh, decisions that are coming uh, early next week and. Uh, you know, we'll also get uh, the announcements on uh, finalists for uh, rookie manager Cy Young and MVP. Uh, we'll find out those finalists on Monday. Uh, by the end of the week, we'll find out the Platinum Glove winners and uh, the Team uh, Gold Glove uh, Award. Uh, so should be a, a, a not necessarily a super busy week, but we'll uh, we'll start to get things in motion for this offseason. And uh uh, all that points towards, uh, you know, a couple months from now when we get back at it with uh, with spring training. But uh, a lot to do between uh, now and then. Uh, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you on Monday to talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.